Hello, and what is up, everybody? This is Cross Court Coverage, your NBA podcast covering all things NBA and mainly focusing on the best team in the league, the Boston Celtics. I am Marty the Meat Man. Uh, now that the season is coming back, we had to brush off the old reliable nickname, also Celtics Dom Toretto, because I love this family. <laughs> I am joined. As always, by my wonderful other half, my co-host, my sister from another mister, Grace Roberts. Grace, does your voice have the capability of saying hello to these beautiful people? I think it does, but not by much. <laughs> <laughs> I know I am I'm convinced that I'm going to sound like this forever. Hey. It's not it. There will be, like I said a couple of episodes ago, there's going to be a point where uh, it just comes back and you're not even going to expect it. It's just going to be, you're going to wake Nobody, up one day and you're going to have your, your voice is just going to be normal. <laughs> we're not even going to talk about it. Yeah, we're just going to go with it. Um, But I think we just have to jump right into what happened last Sunday. So, as everyone who listens knows, we record on either Friday or Saturday usually um, and drop the episodes on Sunday. And so when we recorded last Friday, we were talking about Damian Lillard and uh, all the pieces involved in that trade and everything. And one big question mark from the fallout of the Damian Lillard trade was where is Drew Holiday going to go? Uh, we sent out the tweet. We dropped the episode. All, everything was hunky-dory. I'm on my way to a festival. I get a text message from Grace. The Celtics traded for Drew. My jaw hit the fucking floor. <laughs> yeah. Like, not only did we not get to cover it last week when it basically happened as we dropped our episode, but... Yeah, no, I, it was <laughs> right on the money. Like, I think we dropped it, like, 10 a.m. ish and then the news came out at like 11 a.m. ish and I was just like uh, what and mind you I was walking straight into a festival where there was no cell service so I was like I have to read everything as fast as I can right now or I'm not gonna see it for the rest of the day um I know I, I was just going back to see my uh actual te text to you because it was I just remember being funny we were talking about I, I asked you like how the festival was whatever uh, I said, oh my God, we got Drew, no more Rob. And you said, no, period, way, period. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, oh, yes, way. <laughs> Can't think of a more accurate description of all the emotions that were happening there. Oh, it was a whole goddamn thing. Um, I was with my girlfriend at the time uh, at the festival um and literally her one of her favorite players is rob so she just i I had turned to her and i was like we got drew and she's like what did we give up like not like oh yeah we got it's like what happens who's gone yeah. <laughs> and no, then i had it, to convince I mean, her all day that rob is not a celtic anymore um, and yeah. that was just <laughs> it, it is hard i mean i love rob williams so i'm i'm that part is never easy yeah, so the official trade was Celtics received Drew Holiday, period, the end. 
the Celtics give up, and Portland receives Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams III, uh, a protected 2024 first-round pick. The protections on that pick are pretty good. Um, and then a 2029 first-round pick from Boston. So the 2024 pick, uh, if it's picks one through four in 2024, it goes back to Golden State because that's how we got it. If it's pick yep. one in 2025, we keep it. And then in 2026, it's unprotected. So there's a little bit of like, hey, if this pick somehow becomes really valuable, we might keep it. But there's, it's probably not. Um, yeah. But yeah, the 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 fallout, the roster shakeup, trader trader Brad just rolling up his sleeves and getting dirty. Uh, it's it's not about sentimental, heartfelt, whatever with Brad right now. He is like, fuck yeah. this shit. We need a banner. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know. What are your what, what were your knee jerk reactions as a Celtics fan when I texted you that? So my knee jerk reaction because. You didn't say anything. You just said Rob is gone. And I was like, okay, well, that he's not the it. only piece. <laughs> I was like, he's not the only piece that's involved. I almost instantly knew uh, Brogdon was going to be included because as we were saying last week, like yeah. the only way it worked money-wise was like Malcolm Brogdon and Rob or Malcolm Brogdon and Al or Malcolm Brogdon and like seven bench pieces. Um, right. So – I, you know, with the little bit of internet I still had, I like looked up the trade. I was like, okay, Malcolm's included. I don't really care about losing Brogdon. Uh, like I've been saying, if you stomp your feet and act like a spoiled little brat because your name is in rumors, guess what? Those rumors are going to come true. So, <laughs> yes, I, I would, I hit that nail right on the head. I think me and Brad had the same thinking. It's like, all right, dude, if you're going to bitch and complain every time your name comes up in a trade, we're just going to get rid of you. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm not, I'm not shitting on Brogdon. He was six man of the year. He was definitely valuable to our team, but it was a one year rental. Um, and that part of it doesn't hurt me. And I think that, you know, in getting Drew, we make up for losing Brogdon and we actually recuperate some of the talent that we lost in giving up Smart. The part that hurts me the most is is moving on from Rob. Um, yeah. I love Rob. I think he's a great young talent. Uh, he is injury prone, so that's part of why I'm more accepting to it because, like, I it's been such a headache to navigate his injuries and try and make sure that he's healthy and then have to work with depth and minutes and everything like that around him because he is not a liability, but like, we don't know how often we got Rob or how often we were going to be able to roll out Rob or how healthy he was going to be. Yeah. Um, I, the dude, the talent I'm definitely going to miss the headache of, is he playing? Isn't he playing? Now we only have to deal with it with two of our big men instead of three of our big men. So yeah, right. <laughs> uh, no, it's, makes it's, that makes that headache a little smaller. Yeah, it's the curse of the the big man in general. I feel like the health issues always come up, yeah. but Rob was, you know, 
particularly prone to it. So, but I, I also, I mean, I love Rob. I, I don't know. It, it's weird to think of a, uh, a team without him on it. No, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think that, like I said, like we are trading quote unquote heart and soul and feel good vibes for raw unadulterated talent right now it's like that's what this this summer for brad has been he's been like okay we have a great locker room everyone loves everybody that's cool and all but we can't get over the hump we haven't hung banner 18 we need to give up on this kumbaya bullshit and fucking pedal to the metal (laughs) i know i'm it's i think the weirdest part of it is like now everybody's, uh, you know, sitting in their armchair GM uh, on Twitter and saying like, "Oh, like Celtics were the actual winner of this of this trade. Like Brad Stevens, best GM ever. You know, whatever." When like ten minutes ago they were all over like, "Can't believe the Bucks got." god damn like that's the yeah. best fucking team in the league and i was like anytime any team adds one good player they're like that's it that's the nba champion right there I'm like just shut I, up. yeah the vegas odds are honestly at this point hilarious it's just ridiculous because like the second the dame trade we were uh odds on favorites like going through the summer and then the right. second the dame trade happens the bucks are the odds on favorite like, yeah, and yeah. then the second the Drew trade happens, we're back on odds on favorite. It's like, okay, oh, Vegas. Yeah, no, it's like, I think we're a little bit ahead of the Bucks, but it's close. I know, yeah. Um, I, I figured it was. It's like, negative. I don't know. I think plus 500 and they're plus 550. Not that I know what any of that means, but those are the numbers attached to it. It's a... <laughs> Is sports gambling legal in Connecticut? Oh, hell yeah. Unfortunately, <sighs> for my wallet. <laughs> I was say, yeah, unfortunately, what do you mean? I wish, but yeah, for my wallet, for your wallet, yeah. that's a good call. No, I mean, like, I mean, ever since it became legal here, I've been throwing out dumb shit parlays, and I always uh, lose money on my parlays. But the thing that I do, you know, usually cash in on, and this is not betting advice for anyone but if you follow it that's your own accord um for legal purposes for legal purposes yeah for legal purposes (laughs) um but i will always pick a team that's kind of like mediocre or scrubby before the season starts and i'll put like five dollars down that they'll win the championship so if they make the playoffs i end up getting like a cash out well well guess guess what crazy stupid bitch did that with the Bruins last year felt confident after one game I was like this is the team (laughs) to be fair fair, we didn't do it but it looked kind of good it looked like a good bet you know come going into the postseason (laughs) see that's the thing though like once it comes to the postseason I pull out of those bets instantly I'm like oh my five dollars turned into like 12 even though it'll right. pay out to like $550. It's like, no, I want my $5 to be 12 yeah. because I know they're not winning the whole thing. Um, <clears throat> it's just my little betting strategy from the meat man. Again, I lose money. Do not take my advice. 
<laughs> I just want to make that clear to everyone that I am not a winner when it comes to gambling. Um, but gamble for us. We have very few big men now, but we have Drew on the team. Does that make us better than we were without Drew? Like, how do you how do you think it shakes up? I mean, I've always been the biggest Drew Holiday fan, and I said that last week. Yep. So for me, I was momentarily sort of distracted, I think, by that. I mean... Already, I think our big men <laughs> situation left a lot to be desired because we had really three big men who were very different, number one. Very different in the way they play, in their styles of... of yeah. you know. But the other issue is that all three of them were injury-prone, or old if you're Al Horford. And... <laughs> Both, you know, he's both. We um, we love Al. Let's just gotta always reiterate it. We love Al, but you are no, old, I, buddy. Like it's two know, things can I'm, be I'm, synonymous. I'm gonna sit here and and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. I love Al, so I'm not. But uh, I think that when that part sort of sunk in, that now we got three big men who are, or now we have two big men. I guess you should say before I meant we had three big men who all. We're entry prone. Now we're down to two that, I mean, you have, you have Porzingis on the one hand who you're like, this is awesome. Great offensive minded player who leaves a lot to be desired on the defensive end. And so losing Rob in that, (laughs) losing that, losing Rob in that regard is kind of like a, I don't know. You you wonder how it's going to play out, but 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 I'm looking at the positives but. here. <laughs> Drew Holiday is a phenomenal defensive player, number one. Yes, and he also I think has the offensive mindset that. Oh, what was that? What was that reaction? I crack my neck. Oh, I thought you were. No, I, I thought you were like man. <laughs> I was like, let's go, let's fight about it. But no. Uh, yeah, and I think he has the offensive mindset that that I'll never speak ill of Marcus Smart, but I think Drew Holiday is a little right. bit more um, consistent, just in the in the even yep. as like a shooter. Um, so I'm choosing to look at the positive, um, but I don't know. How do you think our our big man situation is going to play out? I. I think our big man situation is a bit of a head scratcher right now. Um, I really, I agree with you. I think that we had an interesting situation going into the season before this trade happened where each one of our big men had their own flaws, but all had their own expertise. And right. Rob was our defender. Uh, Porzingis was the Swiss army knife on offense, but lacked on defense. Al is good on defense when it comes to like covering Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, and can spread the floor and stuff like, and can spread the floor. Um, but you know we only have Rob on the first game of back to backs. I mean we only have Al on uh, the first game of back to backs. And well, uh, I was gonna say that's you, another thing we have to talk about. We got to talk about 
because Drew Holiday is an all-star in the past three years. Oh, yeah. No, Drew Holiday is – well, I think we're going to roll out Drew Holiday every goddamn night. Every, I was going to say, yeah, probably not. <laughs> <as good laughs> I, don't, I don't think we have any intention of uh, load managing at all. Um, but I think one thing that we can look at, and I think it's one thing that's overlooked in this move, is that we do have now an insane small ball lineup that we can roll out where we have Drew Holiday at the one, Derek White at the two, Jalen Brown at the three, Tatum playing power forward, and then Kristaps and or Al at the five. And, like, yes, that is a small ball lineup, but, like, that lineup is filthy. That lineup is sick. Yeah. <laughs> like, that... That's like an all-star team. Like I, I know. I love right? that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's what's that's what's I think the craziest part is. I don't know how much stake we put in it. Like somebody tweeting that the one thing like some Bucks executive was like, Well shit, that Drew's going to Boston. Like that's the oh, one yeah, no. thing they didn't want. That to was no, that's what they didn't want. They didn't want it. So when they were looking, a little bit came out from the Dame trade after Drew got traded. But apparently the Bucks' number one destination for Drew to not land was Boston. So yeah. that's awesome. Fuck you, Milwaukee. We got it's, him. It's still crazy to me that we did. Like, how how confident were you last oh. week that it wasn't going to happen? I was, I would probably say I was like 80% confident that like yeah. we wouldn't pull the trigger. It was too big of a move uh, in my yeah. mind. Well, we could go. I was like, no way Brad has the cojones to just be like, you know what? We're fucking doing it. Um, yeah. But hey, that's Brad, baby. Yeah. That's, that's Trader Brad. That's um, Trader Brad. But they said it. I was watching the, uh, introductory interview for uh drew and wick and brad and drew were mm -hmm. all up on the on the, at the table and one of the reporters literally goes it feels like you're assembling the avengers here and i'm like yeah. fuck yeah we are <laughs> like yeah, yeah fuck yeah we are <laughs> no literally this the roster the starting roster is insanely talented um it does leave yeah. a little bit to be wanted for depth, but I think that depth, we have yep. a lot of we have a lot of guys who are prospected to be better than they are now and better than they are on paper. Um, and hopefully yeah. they pan out. So I'm not too too worried about our depth. Um I think it really just comes into like how we're gonna it's all on Joe now at this point of how he's gonna manage minutes and how he's gonna manage rotations. Um Another thing they said in the interview, or actually Drew said this, he was like, yeah, like we had to wait for the physicals to clear and everything. So I got here right away, but I couldn't participate with the team and I couldn't, you know, be part of drills or conversations. But uh, the one thing that I could do was receive text messages from Joe Missoula. And apparently the second the trade went through, Drew just was sending videos to yep. Drew Holiday being like, do this, do this. This is what we need you to do. In this situation you're doing, and I'm like, I fucking love you, Joe. I was just like, <laughs> good for that. Good for good for Joe and good for the uh, organization that he's doing that. Because I also saw that and I was like, I don't know. I mean, 
I was going to say, who would have thought a year ago this was happening? Well, a year ago, I didn't think Joe Mazzullo was going to be the head coach. But yeah. <laughs> who would have thought that, uh, you know, even end of the season that, number one, there would be this much turnover. I was surprised about that. But that I think it's a good sign already because we talk so much about what steps Joe Mazzullo needed to take for the role that he played in, you know, the loss at the end of the season. Yeah. And so I think it's it's already it makes me excited and feel good that I feel like he's taking initiative here with a new great sure. player, um, and it, I feel like he's settling in more. And I don't know if you saw like him doing that interview. Oh, it was, it was uh, with uh, JJ Reddick um, on his podcast. He was talking about how how it felt to like now you're settling in. Now he's here. Yeah, he knows he's the coach. You know this is his opportunity to take the steps that he wished that he could have taken with time last year. So it's very uh, exciting and reassuring for me, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, I love to see it. I love to see just like you said, him settling into the role. I think that last year he really didn't get a chance to fully grasp what it was to be the head coach like he was just kind of like oh Emei's getting bounced because he can't keep his dick in his pants and i'm the guy <laughs> now okay uh i'll i'll forever hit that point i'll never let Emei live it down wow. uh, <laughs> no. No, i wish we had a podcast back then we would have had plenty to oh say. my god <laughs> but now that joe has had a summer now that joe and brad have built a coaching uh, group around him that is like his guys, not uh, Ime's guys. I think that he's coming into this year with a lot more confidence that he is the coach. Uh, the team has his back. The team believes in him. Um, and the players are buying into it. I mean, like everyone has had nothing but good things to say about Joe and the way he's running the team. He even sent an email out to the alumni, and we've seen Paul Pierce showing up at practice. Yep. Um, there's room. There's rumor that KG's gonna show up at some point, so that's fucking hype. Um, yeah. But just like getting getting those oh eight oh Leon Poe was there. Uh, like they're yep. getting these oh eight guys, the guys that were there when they won the championship, and they're like, hey, you know what it's like to have this quote-unquote super team and you know what it's like to have all this pressure and all this attention just get in here and talk to the guys just get in here and build that confidence within them get make them feel uh that they're part of something bigger i think that's the biggest thing that can be lost on a team is that this is the celtics organization this is the winningest unless you count the lakers which i don't no. but they have they also have 17 banners but this is the winningest franchise like you have to buy into that and you have to like go over that hump and like it's crazy to me that we went to the finals two years ago and we got bounced in game seven of the eastern conference finals last year and even with being that good brad said not good enough blow it up yeah. make it better and I was like, like that, that takes gall and, yeah. and understanding of the situation. And like most people would be complacent. We've seen so many teams uh, 
well, we were almost there. We're good enough. We were almost right. there. We'll add like a, a bench piece or well, no, no, this guy's blowing up the starting lineup. <laughs> no. Well, that's what I was. I was thinking about this the other day that like, I can't, you know, think of another time where, I mean, like we were all sitting end of last season. We were so close. I'm still blaming it on slightly different circumstances. Fucking mm. Vincent chooses not to hit every shot he's ever made in his entire life. Jason yeah. Tatum doesn't roll his ankle. Um, Max Struess does J- chills out. JB does dribble left. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, that it was just like sort of happenstance that we didn't get to the final. Right. And to think then after that, like, you're right. We, we predicted like there was going to be one little change. We thought Brogdon was gone, right? That's a small change. But to see the actual turnover that has now happened and the uprooting of the team, I, I can't remember a time that I saw anything like it. After after a, such a successful season, to have such a significant, yeah. you know, switcheroo. I, I I agree. I don't and I don't think in any sport I've seen such a highly ranked contender such a yeah. like we were the we went to the finals we almost went to the finals like we were odds on favorites all three years like we were up there in like the top three in betting odds like everyone knew on paper that we were a great team and brad somehow read through all of that saw between the lines and said we're not good enough we're upgrading and like right that's wild like that don't get me wrong i love everything that brad has done yes it has hurt emotionally but like from a gm from an analytical standpoint every single move has made sense every single move has made this team better um it it's why i i don't know that any team that is this good that's like the if the patriots when they had brady were like trading pieces that everyone loved for like crazy good players from other teams it's like wh- how do you, why would you and then it pans out so well that's what's weird to me i think that like if you look at the players like you know spot for spot that we've now traded so like you look at like drew as technically like slotting in for marcus smart i guess yep. in theory Porzingis is slotting in for Rob. Um, you know, on paper, you're kind of like, they all have sort of, you know, drawbacks as any players do, but you're like, I, I don't like to say this about Mark Smart. Kind of seems like Brad got some upgrades for very little. Yes. Yes. No, and I and I love that. I think that, um, I've been telling everyone, especially people who like kind of casually watch the NBA. Um, they're like, well, Marcus smart was the heart and soul of your team. And I'm like, yes, I understand that. And I'm going to miss that. And I love Marcus smart, but as an objective fan of the team, I can step back and be like, okay, well, as much as I love Marcus smart, he was a little bit of an offensive liability. 
Drew is less of an offensive liability than Marcus Smart is. Like I've been telling everyone he's Marcus Smart plus. Like he's like Disney right. plus. He's he's just a little bit better. <laughs> right. No, that's the that's the on paper, you know, these these um I don't know, like these what would you call it? These non statistical statistical um assets of the players that we lost like yes only time will tell what it means right. to lose you know mark smart as a leader in the locker room but on paper i mean like anybody who doesn't who's like a casual fan and doesn't doesn't really like watch or care about the celtics that deeply like if you're cheering for another team like you're sitting here like brad stevens didn't have to give up anything in their minds again we know but right like People, we were Marcus Smart stands. There were plenty of people, even in Boston, that that are not and are like, right. Great. We there were so many people. Day. There were so many people who were like, Marcus Smart isn't a true point guard. Marcus Smart this. Marcus Smart that. Right. Uh, you know, he's he chucks up threes that he's not supposed to take. Uh, all these things. Like you, there were there was a lot of people who didn't see Marcus Smart for what he was. Uh, because they don't watch the Celtics as much as we do, or they don't analyze the Celtics as deeply as we do. Um, and to anyone who saw Marcus Smart in that light, I agree with you. I think they're like, holy fuck. Like the Celtics gave up a uh, uh, a kind of good point guard to get a really good point guard. Like that. Right. <laughs> uh, right. they gave up a six man and an injury prone big man to, to get uh Drew Holiday and, and they gave up Marcus Smart to get Christoph. Like people all around the league are scratching their head at what Brad has maneuvered, especially if you yeah. don't have these emotional attachments to these players. Like they're looking at it and going, Holy fuck, the Celtics are wheeling and dealing. Yep. Like, so I've I've had to take a step back and really look at this from like a league view, from like a let's pretend I'm a Minnesota Timberwolves fan and I have to analyze the Celtics moves. And it's like the people in other cities and other teams would kill for the things that we just did for the players that we gave up. Like they would be like, I, I don't understand how the, you give up B ranked players to get these a, a minus a plus players. Um, but we did it and Brad did it. And like, hats off to him uh he's really yeah. taken a page out of danny ainge's book i mean danny ainge was known for taking players and being like yo your time here's done we're getting a bundle of picks or we're getting this player and that player like the wheeling and dealing in boston is notably more and bigger than any other team we see like we do shakeups we don't we don't just make little moves we do shakeups of the roster even like comparing it to like what everybody thought was going to be the biggest move, and people are still out there saying it was the biggest move of Dame going to the Bucks. Like, think about how minimal that was. We're adding, they added Dame Lillard, lost Drew Holiday. Really, that was the bulk of that. Yeah. If you look at the Celtics turnover, like, how can you sit and be like, oh, you know, I guess maybe like if you're looking at it like individual on like a single move level, the Celtics, you know, development as a team sort of happened over the course of the summer. But like, for sure, I don't think there's any debate. We had the biggest 
uh, like shakeup of a team. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Like we gutted the the core. Like we've had this team together, the guys that we've had for years. Uh, Marcus Smart was here for nine years and was here through the development of JB and JT uh, and yeah. Rob. Um, and, you know, we brought Malcolm in for one year. We pumped him all the way up to six man of the year. We got him an award. Um, and he did that himself as well. I'm not just saying it was just because he was on the Celtics, but, um, you know, a one year. Re- so we turned a nine year veteran that not everyone was sold on. Uh, one-year rental and an injury-prone, promising, quote-unquote, big man into two fucking all-stars. Like, yeah, people will analyze this for years. If we win, if we win the fucking whole shebang, people are going to sit here and analyze the way that Brad operated this whole offseason because they that's just how it's going to go. Yeah. They're going to scratch their heads and be like, how do you – like, Brad did – algebra while everyone's doing simple mathematics (laughs) like people are like three plus three is six and brad's like no you got to carry x and divide by y and then find the parabola i'm like jesus christ he's doing long (laughs) division out here yeah (laughs) um i do think that this plays into one of the questions we were asked this week let me just pull it up uh joe sure uh at the juicy jew at the underscore juicy Jew on Twitter said, asked, uh, did the Bucks actually get better? Is the Celtics lack of depth a problem now that they are loaded up? And I think we've been playing into that uh, question conversation. I, at the end of all this, I know I said it last week, but now I'm going to say it even harder. The Bucks got worse. They gave up their star all-star, not their star. They're all-star, super lockdown, defensive-minded point guard in a trade to get Damian Lillard. They made a deal with the devil. And guess what? Yeah. That came to bite them in the ass because that fucking guy that you didn't want to come to Boston ended up being here because we Brad, didn't, Brad did not fear pulling those punches. So addition by subtraction, we got better and the bucks got worse especially because we took one of their players in the end of it right which like is now i don't now i don't feel so crazy saying the bucks got worse <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's still crazy and i think the reason it, like i think it is affirmation that the reason it's so crazy to us or that the fact that it is so crazy to us adds to i don't think the bucks saw this happening either no, no, no way. when they made There's this, no, yeah. <laughs> this three team trade, they were like, wherever Drew goes, it's whatever. You know, they didn't consider that. I, I think they thought they were sending him out west, and then Portland was like, uh, we're going to trade him. And they're like, uh, well, you know, they probably won't trade with the Celtics. Like, why would Portland right. trade yeah. with the Celtics? <laughs> yeah. yeah, why would they do that? But yeah. So I think it's crazy. I think it, it's Fuck affirmation. You, Milwaukee. That even, <laughs> even us being surprised, I think. I think Milwaukee is very surprised too. Oh yeah. No, the GM over in Milwaukee is punching the air like every day since this Drew Holiday trade has happened. He's just like, I cannot believe that we had to give up Drew Holiday to get Dame Lillard and somehow Boston ends up with our fucking guy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like that yeah. guy is 
screaming into the void. <laughs> I was gonna say I can't say that I'm friends with any Bucks fans that I know of, like any hardcore Bucks fans. I don't, fan. any, I don't I would, think I know any Bucks fans. <laughs> I would love to just like sit down and hear. I should hop on Reddit and look at their fucking thread, but like I would love to just hear their thoughts. Are they playing it cool? You know, are they like, oh, it's no big deal. We still have Dame. I don't care where Drew went. Or are they like, shit, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I, if I'm a Bucks fan, which I'm not, but if I am a Bucks fan, I'm looking at this going, we got Damian Lillard. Fuck yeah. But the right. one guy that can stop Damian Lillard and we should be afraid of stopping Damian Lillard is now on our fucking conference rival. And like it almost negates the Damian Lillard get because when we play the Bucks, Drew's gonna be assigned man on man to Dame. He is gonna be yep. all over him like white on rice. Like there is no, yeah. th- there's no doubt in my mind that that is going to be his assignment. And so we basically said, oh, you want to trade for Dame and you know lose Grayson Allen and you know thin out your team a little bit. All right, well we'll get the counter. And then we already have Al who counters Giannis. So what? You're going to beat us with Middleton? No, he lines up. There was this stupid fucking meme that was going around. And they were like, how do these two teams match up? And I'm like, uh, really fucking well. We kicked their ass. <laughs> watch watch the Chris Middleton talk. You know I love Chris Middleton. Okay, well, you love a filet of fish of a player, okay? Hey! Fucking- hey! <laughs> He's got millions of dollars. He can get his teeth fucking fixed. Hey. (laughs) But no, they don't matter. Like, that's the thing of it is like, even with everything that's happened, even with all the shakeups, even though their depth is a little thinner and our depth is a little thinner, you look at the starting lineups, Drew matches up against Dame. Al Horford has shown that he can match up against Giannis. Middleton has no chance of matching up against Tatum. And then what? You got like Pat Connaughton. Uh I don't even know who they're fucking I can't starting. He's still there. Yeah. I, feel like I, it's <laughs> I don't even know who their starting shooting guard is, but like they on paper do not match up against us. They don't. They just no. They're starting five versus our starting five. We have proven and the players who we got have proven we're gonna fucking smoke them <laughs> well, i was gonna say even like in general like i don't think again you know you and i have different opinions about what happens with the bucks but uh i think that even like against other a lot of other teams not a big deal but i think it's just the matchup with the celtics now is like it's so perfect for the Celtics, like the way that it yep. lines up in a way that like makes the Bucks seem way worse than they might against another oh, yeah. team. Yeah, no, I think like I'm I'm shitting on the Bucks right now, uh, matched up against us. But if I take that Bucks lineup and match it up against twenty other teams in the NBA, yeah. I go, holy fuck, the Bucks blow them out of the water. Right. Um, but I think it's just because and maybe Brad thought about that. Maybe Brad sat there and was like, we continually have to play the Bucks and the Heat in the playoffs. We always verse them. We have to get better on paper against those teams. Everyone else will figure it out. Um, yeah. And he did that. Like, he really created this roster to counter 
what the Bucks have been doing. Um, and I mean, quote unquote, counter what the Heat are doing, which is nothing. Have fun. Hey. With. <laughs> Have fun with uh, Jimmy Buckets and Tyler. Tyler Hero looks miserable. I don't know if you saw his media day pictures, but he looks miserable. <laughs> I did also, though, while we're on that subject, how much judgment will you pass on me if I am emo Jimmy for Halloween? Zero. So the thing is, the thing is, and I, I uh, said this to Brett because he sent me emo Jimmy. And I said, God, I love to hate that guy, but I also hate to love him because I love him so fucking much. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Like, I'm in on the joke. I get it. I I love the braids last year. I love Emo Jimmy this year. I mean, everybody knows. Everybody knows that I'm the biggest sucker for a good bit. And this is a good bit. It's a good bit. Oh, yeah. Well, so they were doing – there was a – uh, behind the scenes of media day and it was when they were doing like the big three picture where they oh, had, I saw like, this. Bam. I saw this video. they had bam jimmy and tyler and bam's clowning on jimmy and he goes yeah. hey man this is just my halloween yeah. <laughs> I lost it. that's a phenomenal like, video. I, you're the best i was like jimmy i fucking hate you and going up against you is always a headache and a nightmare but as a human being, God, I love you. <laughs> I like. No, that was. I was losing it when I saw that video. That was so good. Clown the media too. Like I, I'm, I'm all for players clowning the media. Um, I think it's you know good for the brand, good for the the players. Like we we so often feel like uh, you know we have to get answers from these guys, or these guys have to like be a certain way or you know act a certain way and then you have guys who just go against that and just do whatever the fuck they want and like it's yeah, harmless like, it's all it's all in good fun so that's why i well, love like, it because it's so funny because it's like how many times like do you see that fucking headshot last year of jimmy butler with the fucking <laughs> with the fucking braids no so like i i didn't understand the bit at the beginning when he had the braids i was like is he yeah. fucking playing with those off god awful braids would have been like, awesome by the way it would have been awesome i mean like if he went full bit and just was like this is me for the rest of the season just because fuck it um that would have been hilarious but i think it's even funnier that he was like no it's just for my headshot it's just so every time you have to show a picture of me you have this dumbass fucking crazy braids picture and now he's like year two we're we're going even further. We're going even harder. Even further into the bit. He's leading in. You saw all the fake piercings. Do he look like he fucking was an employee at Hot Topic? <laughs> the eye thing. He had the lip. He had the eyebrow. He had a double nose. He had two lips. Like, I was like, bro, what do you do? <laughs> Sensational. Sensational. Yeah. No, full on clowning. Uh, 100%. 10 out of 10. Good job, Jimmy. Um, speaking of clowning the media, former Celtic, uh, buddy of yours, disappointment of mine, Grant Williams clowned the media the other day. Did you see that? I, I did see this. So Luca puts him up to it. Luca gives him a call. He's like, every time the media asks you a question, flex on him. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, if you watch the video of him, like, He'll answer the question, and then it's just like by the end of it, he's like very like yeah, subtly he's like, doing it. 
he's like half chicken winging at like the first one is like a two arm double flex just like oh yeah and then he's like all right this is this i didn't realize i was gonna ask so many questions so he's just like half chicken winning chicken wing flex e just like popping it up and at the yeah. very end <laughs> the very end the last guy just goes uh were were you asked to flex after every question? And Grant yeah. just goes, "Nah, man, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. I wouldn't do that." <laughs> and just leaves. <laughs> no, I was also gonna say, did you see the uh, Derek White uh, quote of him saying, "It's been quiet around here. There's no more Grant." Yeah, <laughs> I did see. I love. That's one thing I always give Grant credit for, and uh, will never bash him for. Is he was a great locker room guy. He really yeah. was just like a clown and a buddy to all the players and people to love see them, them you know? yeah and to see that still carry on like for Derek white to make a joke about grant even though he's not on the team like that's brotherhood that's like that's love that's something like that i really want in the locker room and like the fact that these guys one have the capacity for it which is great and two that they keep seeming to uh manifest that in new players that come in like Blake said it last year when he came in. He was like, I've never been in a locker room that felt like such a brotherhood. Like, that felt like just dudes and friends hanging out. And, like, right for that to be our culture, for that to be our locker room, fucking awesome. Like, that, that's, like, cream of the crop. And I think that plays into chemistry and team building and success. Like, I think that if you like the guys you're around and you don't just look at them as coworkers, like, it, it helps. It just helps. Yeah. One of those intangibles no, that you, people don't really account for. But, like, I don't know how the Jimmy uh, Tyler chemistry is going to be this year because it's very clear that Jimmy wanted to get Dame, which means that he had to lose Tyler. So they have to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I it, It's hard to... Uh... Even when I was like, I think I'm now like tainted by the uh, just what has happened this summer that I'm like sitting here watching like that video even of like Bam, Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler doing it. I'm like watching like Tyler Hero's body language. And I'm like, is he really happy yeah. to be there? Are they all happy together? I don't know. <coughs> is it like are they staying together for the kids are they just smiling for, for the know, kids the cameras? yeah <laughs> like is everything good at home or are you lying like, right. what's going on tyler <laughs> um but no i mean the roster shakeup has been crazy um do i think that our depth is a problem not really um like i said i think that we have guys like Jordan Walsh, like Lamar Stevens, like uh, O'Shea Brissett, even Delano Banton. Like, they, are, they were lower-level guys on the teams that they came from. Right. Um, but I think they have upside, and I think that that will shine in the, given the ability that they have. I think that uh, a lot like uh, – I'll bring it to hockey for two seconds, but like a lot like the Bruins. I think we said this a couple weeks ago. You yep. need to have young talent – to to grow you know you need you right. can't just keep getting guys that are set in their ways and are like oh we know their ceiling like we don't know any of these guys ceilings right now because they're so young and so raw um and i think that's a great thing i think that you know like if it doesn't pan out we'll be able to ship and 
package pieces together or something like that. We have a million second round picks. So I don't think trader trader Brad is done yet. Uh, there could right. be moves later in the year uh, when well, everyone clears. Yeah. I was going to say also like, Oh God. <clears throat> <laughs> Wait, like cough. <laughs> we got a deep grace right there. <laughs> yeah, I really lost it there. Um, what was I going to say? Like even, same thing we were talking, you know, a couple weeks ago. And we've been saying that, like, it's not about the winning record. I don't need the one seed in the right. East. I don't. And I think even, like, you know, I'm not downplaying this. We're an incredible team right now. I think that we have a lot, a lot going for us. But to me, like, I look at this lineup and I'm like, this is a lineup that regardless of the seed that we end up being in the East. They're going to match up very well against the Eastern teams in the playoffs. I'm like, this is the long game here. Like, these are the players. You can see it, like, player for player, that it's going to be a tough team to beat in the playoffs, and that's what matters to me, you know? Yeah. No, like, that. I agree. I think that you don't have to construct a lineup that's going to go out and win – 70 games you don't have to construct a lineup that's going to win 60 games you have to construct a lineup that is going to be competitive in a seven game series against people that you know are going to be there um and i think like i said before brad really looked at the people that we keep playing philly milwaukee um the heat like he looked at the teams that keep competing in the playoffs and said we need to match up against them. We need to 100%. win those seven game series. And he's like, if the regular season falls to the wayside, it does. But like, we're a playoff team. I have no doubt in my mind that we're a playoff team. So I like yeah. a lot of what he did. I like the way that he uh, constructed this starting lineup, but also the bench. Like, on paper, are we thin depth wise? Sure, quote unquote. Right. But I, I like the guys that we got. I think that he was like, uh, he didn't look at players based off of their inherent skill. He looked at, one, their upside and potential, and two, their matchups, like you said, their roles. He's like, in certain situations, if I have to pull this, or if this pull, starter has to sit, or if this starter gets hurt, who can I plug in and fill right. in that role? And that's what he was doing. He was like, all right, we have to have a availability for the starting five to play with some of these bench guys and really right. – interweave both our bench and our starters together and i think that a lot of people maybe not celtics fans but a lot of people are going to be surprised by how well some of these bench guys do throughout the season yes i think it's just gonna it's gonna be shocking to some people when they see like o'shea Brissett put up like a double digit uh game and they'll be like who the fuck is this guy and we'll be like oh yeah we got him for the pacers for the pennies on the dollar uh, thank you. <laughs> and they're gonna be like, "Well, wh- where did this guy come from? Boston always finds these guys." It's like, like, yeah, dude, that's what we do. <laughs> um, but I'm excited. I, I don't know. You know what? Let's. I think we can get into it. There is a question from the well, not man, from the rodent himself. Are they rodents? Mr. Philly Cheesesteak, Eucalyptus Richard. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> they're either rodents or marsupials, but I think they're rodents. I think. <laughs> um, but Philly asks, or tells, is it more, more of a statement? Both of you name your eight playoff teams and maybe even the seeding if you're feeling brave. Philly, I always feel brave. <laughs> I always feel brave, yeah. I'll get on... I'll get on the mic and say whatever the fuck, because guess what? I'll put my hand up and say I was wrong, but I'm brave enough to fucking do it. Um, and, you know, Grace hit it on the head. We don't have to be the number one seed um, to get in the playoffs to compete. So I think we should break it down and see who we think the playoffs and seeding will be. Um, do we want to start in the West just to like, Take ourselves let's, away yeah, from the Celtics for two seconds. Okay. Um, so for my, do we just do we? How do we want to do this? We gotta go eight for eight, and then seven, seven, eight, eight upwards and switch okay. up. Okay. Okay, we can do that. Uh, so my eight seed in the West is going to be the Timberwolves. Um, really? You know, they were a pl- they were a playing team last year. Uh, they had a little bit of. Sh- Shake up and and conversation and debate of the are they losing cat are they not losing cat um, it looks like they're rolling forward with the team that they have it's a solid roster they definitely uh, have some cool bench players and I I don't know I like the that they're one of the few teams that are committing to like the two bigs that no one yep. does anymore they have cat yep. and Rudy and they're gonna make it work. <laughs> Yep. Um, so yeah, I have them slotted in at eight. So I'm going to be honest. My eight is not so much a very confident, uh, prediction as it is a, a thank you and a love letter to Philly for this question. I'm putting <laughs> Spurs. I'm putting Spurs at number oh eight. Oh my. No fucking Wendy's. way. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, well, here's my thing. Here's my thing about this. I don't in any, like for me, even in the, I don't even get me started in the East. I was looking at the East and I'm like, wow, these teams suck. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking at the West and I'm like, and I'm like, there's a pretty big drop off from like yep. in my in my top six down to seven and eight. There's a pretty big drop. So yep. I think in theory, I could see almost any team slipping into this eight spot. I'm I'm interested to see if I feel like the six I have as the top six in the West at least are universally I feel like we should have the same six whether they're mixed up whether yeah in the order or whatever I feel like we should have the same six but anyway that's mine Spurs Spurs are doing it I don't care okay I don't believe I don't care that's fine (laughs) so number seven I have uh it's gonna be OKC mine as well um nice okay they're they're a great team um they're young so I think they'll, yep. you know, have their their struggles and they, they won't win all the games, but they're fucking talented. SGA, yeah. Josh Giddy, Chet Holmgren, uh J- the two Jalen Williamses, which is very fucking confusing. Isn't that so <laughs> funny? What are the odds of yeah. that? I love that. Jalen with an I and Jalen with an E. Um <laughs> No, their their roster is stacked, and I think that it's just going to be a matter of time before that core that they have built and also they have a, a million draft picks so they can continue to build on that core but the, what they have going on over there 
is primed to be a contender, to be a competitive team. And I think this year they they squeak into the, the back end of uh, the playoffs. I don't know how far they go, but I think they're going to at least get themselves to the dance and see what's right. going on. I, um, I, I am yeah. with you 100%. But like I said, I do think I, lo- I love OKC, and I think that they are – Again, this is for me. This is just the beginning. Like where they're going from here yeah. is only up. I still think that there's a pretty stark drop off in my mind. Well, I don't know. Maybe even I'll give it to top five. The next one up that I have is. I think that there's in the West. There's pretty clear contenders, and then there's these teams that I think are still finding their footing, and it's going to be a good experience for them. But I don't see them making waves in the playoffs. Yet. Right. Like Yet. like they'll get there, but then they'll probably be bounced out in the first round. Right. Um okay. Well, that's good that we have number seven lined up. Number six, my enemy. <laughs> oh Memphis. Really? Yeah. I think that uh I think that because Ja won't be there in the beginning of the year. It will be a figure it out 25 game span. I know they have Marcus. I know that they're going to plug him in. I know that they have D Rose. Uh, they're going to plug him in for job, but I think that it's going to be them trying to figure out what they're going to do after that. That is going to actually cause them a problem because right. once jaw comes back and we've seen the Grizzlies succeed without jaw on the roster. What I'm not worried about 25 games where he's not there. I'm worried about the 25 or the I uh, can't do that math. The, <laughs> the other games. games where he is there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm worried about the time that he is back and they have to actually uh maneuver the roster, maneuver the rotation, line up, everything like that, uh, and figure it out. So I don't think that they're a bad team. I honestly think that, you know, they're one of those teams that if they were like seed six, they could go far. Um, but I could also see them being a higher seed too. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's really more, I am on the low side with them right now. Yeah. Well, that's fair. So my number six, um, I said golden state. I, oh, okay. you know, I think that the one thing that they have going for them strong is the experience and the familiarity they've been there before they've really not major turnover in the past like four years i mean they just have a they have that core in lineup and they have run with it (laughs) right so i think that you know we've seen what they can do i honestly think they're gonna lose it in the first round if i'm looking at my lineup here um but that said I think that you lean on your reliable players. You have the experience that I think those two teams, like OKC, San Antonio, are lacking below you. Yep. And, I, you know, I've said and I've been saying all my whole life, I feel like at this point, is that the Warriors just have this, like, un, like an unnameable winning quality like they just have it and they have had it 
and I don't know what it is. I don't know how they do it. I don't know if I want to give it to Steve Kerr. Do I want to give it to Steph Curry? I don't know. Don't give it to but Don't give it. it to Steve Kerr. Anyone can coach that team. Come on. Hey, hey. <laughs> um, but all right. So that's my number six. I'm and I'm I'm locking it in. Okay. Uh, my number five is my other enemy team in the West, and that will be the Los Angeles Lakers. Um. You think, I think, you think that you because you think Anthony Davis is gonna play every game? So that I was I'm gonna yeah, I don't think he's gonna play every game, but I do think that he's gonna do his damnedest to not keep living up to this injury prone uh guy. I think that he wants to start showing even more that he's LeBron's number two. I think that he hates the Austin Reeves spotlight. I think that he's like, yo, it, it's me and LeBron. It's not LeBron and anyone else. Um, but any team, I, I couldn't not put the Lakers on here. I had to. LeBron's on their fucking team. Like, he's a playoff guy. He gets there. If he gets yep. swept by, you know, the team who ends up winning the trophy at the end of the year, so be it. But um, I think that he's going to compete. Uh, I think the team's going to compete their rosters fine um but it's just the experience and talent around the younger guys and i wanted to have the lakers in my top eight but not in my top four if that makes any sense yeah no i was gonna say just like you saying that made me think like who would have thought like (laughs) you know it's 2015 let's say that Anthony Davis is fighting for the spotlight with Austin Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. Like, who saw that one? Uh, they're really leaning into it. They're really just trying yeah. to, like, blow up that spotlight and be like, yo, Austin Reeves is one of our guys. It's like, he's he's good. He's good at basketball, but, like, he's not, like, crazy good. <laughs> I, I love it. It's the bit. They're running with it. It's the bit. Uh, yeah. I, so, wow, I'm actually already, I'm excited to see where we go from here in our, in our lineups, because I have, uh, and next in line, I have the Grizzlies. I think they're going to be, like you said, I think they're very good. I, I don't see, just based on the, you know, the West is, I think, better than the East, but for me, I think that if this is very heavily dependent on the Grizzlies sorting their shit out and, you know, coming back with Ja. What is up? Has it been pissing you off? Sorry, this is a tangent. Has it been pissing you off? Has it been pissing me off? Like, the Grizzlies and even the NBA, like, posting, like, student and teacher with Ja and Derrick Rose. And I'm like, yeah, dude. Oh, my God. With the fucking respect, number one on Marcus Smart's name, and shut the fuck up about Derrick Rose. What are we doing? What year is it? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like Derrick Rose is washed. He's not Pooh Bear. He's not who he used to be. Yeah, what are uh, we doing? Like, if it was Chicago D Rose, and like he still had like that ability, like sure, I get like being teacher and mentor. They brought in Marcus Smart to smack that kid around. That's what they did, yeah. and they're not leaning into it. They're not leaning into it at all. The NBA is not leaning into it. I don't understand. Like, that's what I was – I'm sitting here, like, is it is it just because we're Celtics fans that we're appreciating it? Or is it, like, 
why are we still hanging on to the Derrick Rose thing? Like, we're past that here. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't. That's my. I don't know. This is this is my angry thing that I just was thinking about the other day. Um, but yeah, Grizzlies, and I'm putting the reason why the Grizzlies are so high up is because of the leadership in Stephen Adams and Marcus Smart, not in Derrick Rose, not in Derrick um, Rose, <laughs> and that I think I'm maybe I'm a, I'm a I'm an optimist in general. I'm really really hoping just because I like John Morant, I hope that he can move forward from this and be a better player and a better, you know, leader role model on the team going forward. So I'm choosing to believe that, that this is, it's up from here. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I like Ja, the talent uh, a lot. I think that, you know, he's good for the NBA when it comes to ball skill. And I think that he just needs to be surrounded by guys who are like, Hey, your actions affect your team. And I think that they have that in Steven Adams and Marcus Smart. Not Derrick Rose, Marcus Smart. Um, yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, if they get their shit together, they will be a competitive team in the West. Um, my number four, and, like, I can't believe I'm saying this because, like, a year ago, Literally a year ago this time, I would have never put them in this conversation. I wouldn't even have probably put them in my top eight. Uh, but the Sacramento Kings are my oh. number four. Um, yep. uh, I yeah. Yeah, you that... just wait and see my list. <laughs> I think that, you know, what they have with DeMontis Sabonis, what they have with Keegan Murray, what they have with De'Aaron Fox, like they have young guys figuring it out. They're like, okay, see in what I see OKC being in like two years, a couple years ahead. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they have a balance of young talent and high potential guys and it's working. And, yeah. you know, I, I can't believe that we're talking about the Sacramento Kings in, in the respect of being a good playoff team. But here I am yeah, saying I... that they're in my top four. Um, I, 2023 is a wild year. If you look, if I go back, like, I, like I said, a year ago, I wouldn't put them in my top eight. A well, year ago, like, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> even even like, I know I brought it up on this before, that when I went out to California and I watched the Kings right after they traded DeMarcus Cousins play the Hornets, and I was like, it's the worst game of basketball I've ever seen. It's like I was watching <laughs> an AAU game. But I'm sitting here like, wow, who would have thought? That was a long time ago, to be fair. But, I mean, it was like seven years ago now, but... At the same time, like, even, like, like, DeMontis, like, Sabonis, like, he played, for, when he was on the Thunder, he was a fucking role player at best. And yeah. to see his development, and I think people, I you know, I at least was like, Deer and Fox, I see that. I could see that happening when he, when he came into the Oh, league. yeah. But I do feel like it's been a crazy ascension for them. And I... I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm all for it. Go Sacktown. Like, keep doing what Sack you're doing. Like, <laughs> Sack's going to have to come up with. Never we're never going to move past Sacktown. But uh, Shaq's going to have to put some respect on that name. Like, the, he, he can't pull the Queens card anymore. Like, mm -mm. they're balling. They're balling out there in Sacramento. Yep. Well, uh, my number four. 
pains me always because my least favorite player in the NBA is on this team. Well, one of my two least favorites, uh, and that is the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, I think that, and also this is heavily dependent upon will Luca and Kyrie be a functional unit? I don't know. And your guess is as good as mine. But assuming that they are on paper, oh, you're, yeah, you're giving me on paper. (laughs) That's a crazy duo. That's a crazy duo. On paper. On paper. Um, (laughs) I think that now they've, they've adjusted slightly to get a little bit of depth. Shout out Grant Williams. Um, but I, yeah. Yeah, I think that <laughs> they have the pieces that are necessary. Will those pieces mesh the way that they should? I don't know. But I still think they're going to be a tough force to be here um, in the West. They're my number four. I... And I would. I had to let you just go with the take. Um, yeah, but the I've, take. I've been. I've been cheesing um, because the Mavs are not in my top eight. They are not even considered a playoff team in my eyes. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. That's fine. Wow. Like they could be like they could be like nine and ten and be in the play in, but I, I don't so much think for, so much for me thinking that it was like a like a pretty solid top <laughs> five. We are just different wavelengths yep um i i see i so there's two ways that their season can go and i agree Mm -hmm. with you it could be your way or it could be my way i don't think that luca and Kyrie are gonna fucking figure it out and i think that will be detrimental to the team um so we'll see where they end up um i don't really think that they're a playoff team just because of how many Kyrie is is that, impossible to work with. I was gonna say, I was like, Kyrie being on a team in my brain, that is an immediate detriment. Like that is, yep. You are already fighting an uphill battle. So yep. I'm hoping that for once in his goddamn life, he can learn how to be a team player. It will take an amazing, amazing change of character. But I don't know how you play beside Luca. And you don't shut the fuck up and let him ball. See, but what you're baking, what you're baking into the Mavericks' success, is a Kyrie redemption arc, and I don't believe in it. Yeah, a little bit. I don't. I don't. I would never do. I don't believe in it. (laughs) You know. That's Uh, fair. And I'm not knocking. Like I get it. I I do see like on paper the talent, the roster they have. You know, it it is a crazy one-two punch. Uh, to have Luca and Kyrie, but I I will continue to believe because I hate the guy that he is not going to succeed and he's just going to keep being the locker room cancer that he is. Yeah, and Jesus. it will be detrimental to that team. He is the worst. Um, he's the fucking worst. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> uh, my number three team was a team that you already mentioned, uh, the Golden State Warriors. They are the fucking Golden State Warriors. They have Steph. They have Clay. They have Dre. Um, they got Wiggy. They got Looney. Like that team, like that core 
has been rolling together for so long and it's yeah. Clay's last year under contract. I think they're going to push as hard as they fucking can to and don't I, I'm not you know I don't like Clay, but you know, he's got no. talent. Um I don't like Clay. I was more I was making that face. I don't think there's any world unless he leaves. Oh, no, yeah, I agree. I don't think that he's but I'm just saying, like, it's a, a quote unquote contract year and like people love to ball out on a contract year. They love to like, you know, stick it to either management or show off for other teams. Um, yeah. And I just think that the core that they have has been together for so long. They've had their coach for multiple, uh, you know, championship runs. Like they are a, they are a team constructed for this. They are a team constructed to be good in the West and good in the playoffs. Um, he's really like, I have, it's the it factor. I hate the, the it factor. Yeah, it's that. It's that. It, well, it, I think their it factor is Steph fucking Curry. I think that's what the yeah. it factor is. Um, yeah. But that's why I have them at number three. They've been there way too many times to not, you know, be a high ranking team. I think that injuries plagued them last year, and they had that weird like can't win on the road thing. But like, I think that's all in the past. I see them having success as they always do. Yep. Well, funnily enough, my number three, uh, we've already talked about uh, the Kings. Um, okay. I feel good about that. But that that leads me to think we have the same number two. We, uh, I think we have the There's... same people at one and two. All right. Uh, we have the same people in those spots, but I don't know if we designated oh. the same number. No, I don't know if it's a number, but I feel good about us having the same two. But yeah, Kings are number three, and I would love to see that. I would love to see the Kings take a top three seed in the West. I think that would be awesome. (laughs) That would be wild. Right? I'd love it too. Don't get me wrong. Like, I have them at four. Like, if they go up one spot, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm an idiot. I'd be like, wow, they are better than I thought. (laughs) Yeah. No, 100%. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's hear your number two. My number two. Is led by the horseman himself. Denver Nuggets are going to fall from their glory of being the one seed uh, and slip back just one spot. A um, little bit of a hangover from winning. Uh, I don't have anything against their roster. I think up and down they are good. They do lose Bruce Brown, uh, which was like an X factor for them. You know, I think that they're still going to be a crazy good team. You have the two-time, should have been three-time MVP on your team. Jamal Murray seems to be back. Michael Porter Jr. has been crazy. Aaron Gordon's having a resurgence. Like, that team up and down is a good fucking roster. Um, no notes for them. <laughs> like, they're, they no got notes. it. They're figuring it, and they're good. <laughs> well, then that leads me to think that we actually do. We just have a switcheroo here. Um because my number two, I think it's going to be the Phoenix Suns. Um, okay. Yeah. And I and I say that with pain in my heart, <laughs> because as I mentioned, my two least favorite players in the league are in the West, and one of them plays for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I think that they're another team that the reason I put them at two rather than one is. I think they're another team that it's a question of the moving pieces. You know, 
what is this team going to look like without DeAndre Ayton? What is this team going to look like? Devin Booker, you've got him in a reliable spot. That's your, you've built a franchise around this kid. Kevin Durant for a full season, you're looking at, well, a full season in Kevin Durant world. That's probably yeah. not a full season. Um, but I don't know how those things are going to mesh. And I think it's going to take a, a buffer period to sort it out um, and find their footing. But I do see them being very, very good. And honestly, I probably would have them coming out of the West. Yeah. So we were, we were right. My number one is the Phoenix Suns. So I'll just piggyback off of what you said. Um, I hate Kevin Durant with everything in me. I hate him. Me too. Oh my God, I hate it. Fuck is he talented. And holy shit is Devin Booker talented. And holy shit did they add a talented motherfucker in Bradley Beal to this team. Like, one, two, three, they might be the best big three in the league. And I'm saying that as a Celtics fan where we have a big three where we can alternate our third piece as either Drew or KP. But... I think yes. that hands down that and the, the reason I have them at number one and not number two is the only thing that differs between how good that roster is versus how good Denver's roster is, is the hunger. Kevin Durant hasn't been there in a while, but Devin Booker's never been. Yep. Uh, Bradley Beal's never. Bradley Beal has been on Washington his whole goddamn career. This okay. guy wants success <laughs> this, yeah I'm just, i mean you know i wish maybe next week we should do this I, i'd love to talk about who you think the players currently and in years past of who like who can you not believe in your brain doesn't have a ring he's up there for me like yeah a player that has been so good so successful but i think i mean you said it yourself. He stuck it out on one team. He really did. Yep. He committed to that, which I obviously appreciate. I I admire loyalty in players, but you, I do want for him to see him get success in the playoffs. But God, I wish that he didn't have to do it with Kevin Durant. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, if you look at those three, any one of them on any given night can drop fifty, which yeah. is fucking nuts which is fucking nuts. Um, and I also think another thing that just puts them a little bit more over the edge uh, than the Nuggets is after trading Aiton. Um, I think that the the bench pieces that they added adds to their depth something that they were lacking all offseason, something that I was yeah. very worried about. Um, oh, yeah. You know, you, you, not, you now have Grayson Allen coming off the bench. You have Nasir boo, Little. Boo, and, boo, and, and... boo, fuck <laughs> dude. Fuck dude. Um, but, yeah, the Suns are my one seed in the West. I think that they're going to be scary good. Like, if that if this yep. team uh could win, what was it, 60-plus games with Chris Paul two years ago, like yep. – they're a million times better than what they were. So yeah. I don't yeah, know Western, that losing DeAndre Ayton. Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that losing DeAndre Ayton hurts them that much, especially when you pick up someone like uh, 
Nurkic or Nurkic or Nurkic, however. Yep. 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 Um, you know, like I, I don't think that they lost too much in losing Aiton, and the roster itself is just so heavy in those top three guys that they're they're going to be a team to fuck with. They are going to be super competitive. Um, but I believe your number one <laughs> is the Denver yes. Nuggets. It is the Denver Nuggets. Uh, you know, I mean, I think what what can I say that hasn't already been said about the Denver Nuggets and their, you know, electric run here. Um, but I will just take this opportunity to throw out there about I don't know if you saw on Twitter like the uh, uh, they asked they asked Jokic you know how much you thinking about basketball. Didn't really think about it during the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> what player can do that? What player can do that and Only come him. back and still be <laughs> who he is? Like I don't, uh, I don't know that he practiced at all during the offseason. No, I think it was all horse. It was all horse riding. I don't know if he looked at a basketball. I don't know if he even looked at one. Probably not. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to Nugget. I I agree. There is a question of like, oh, is there going to be a little bit of a hangover here? Um. But I I I just think that I don't know. I mean, you're right. The 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 Suns are a for me they're a wild card, not a wild card team, but they are an uncertain entity that I don't know how it's going to pan out. So I'm going with old reliable and going number one Nuggets. But all right, Fair I like that it was interesting. Some some uh, overlap, but a lot that I wasn't expecting. I'm you. Don't have the Lakers in your top eight, which surprises me. I don't, but... and I'm not, <laughs> and I, I don't, and I don't hate LeBron. You can't hate LeBron. He's just LeBron. You just go. Eh. It's the, it's the hero arc. I've said it before. The graph of Kevin Durant and LeBron, going like. Yep. <laughs> and they're in their one. Uh, one goes straight career. to the dirt, and one goes up to the moon. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, all right. all right. Well, let's let's swing it out east. Swing it to the old reliable. Um, let's start with you this time. Who is your okay. eighth seed in the East? So I'm gonna be honest. I think the East sucks. I think the East is yep. not. Good. <laughs> uh, so welcome to the NBA. Look- this is how it's been. <laughs> I'm sitting here looking to the East, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. So that's why in my eight, I mean. At this point, I was like, I got through like six and I was like, well, fucking, I don't know. Uh, I just, for funsies. Mm-hmm. The Wizards. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look. No. Look, look. Is it a little bit of bias because Jordan Poole is about to ball out? Maybe. Go blue. He's not. <laughs> hey. Um. I don't, I mean, again, you could, honestly, I'm just saying that you could swap out any team for me in that eight spot. And I, I, no, I would be like, I'd be like, sure. You could be like, yeah, the magic. And I'd be like, nah, maybe, you know, maybe, like, <laughs> maybe they do maybe, it. <laughs> could be. For me, it's like truly a, a crapshoot for those last two spots in the East be, only because I think that they're, it's the East is top heavy and they are top heavy. Yeah. It, you know, I don't know. So I just kind of threw it in there. What about you? Do you have a more a more confident number eight? 
I think I do. Uh, <laughs> so at number low eight, bar. I have L- low bar yeah. with the with the Wizards. Yeah, you you kind of set me off for a home run. So <laughs> uh, number eight, I have the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I think Mr. Dirty Lollipop lives for the play-in tournament. I think that he uh, is built for the play-in tournament. I think that he's built to win the play-in tournament. And then I think he's built to lose in the first round. Uh, that is what the Hawks he wasn't, do. He wasn't built for last year. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Um, but I don't know. I just always see the Hawks as being a team that has a couple you know, big pieces to Jonathan Murray, uh, Trey Young, but they never figure it out. Uh, they're constantly, there's turmoil. They always fire their coaches. Uh, they always have <laughs> roster questions. Like, I agree. The the seven just, and eight seed could be anyone. Yeah. But yep. but I'm just going to go with a little bit more of a, a steadier contender for for the eight seed <laughs> well don't worry they're 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 gonna make an appearance here uh the hawks are um but yeah i mean i was just thinking like i'm sure i brought it up before because i just have such a vivid memory of it because it was during you know like the the really i you know it was the golden age of the nba in my brain when it was like warriors were almost there they weren't at their peak yet and then you mm-hmm. had like the Spurs still riding their high, but I was gonna say when the Hawks went on like still they still had Al Horford, they had Dennis Schroeder, um, and they went on like this crazy run of like sixteen straight games, like winning, crazy those days. It but it was pre Trey Young, um, <coughs> just so now it's kind of funny now to be like sitting here and like i don't know last year i'm still i'm still aching at the knowledge that if only they had just been able to beat the heat (sighs) (laughs) the world i think would be peaceful Um, yeah but they didn't so we got we got jimmy flying from the eighth seed to the championship which is fucking nutso um yeah, my number seven though, <laughs> and again, this is this is heavy dependent on. I have no fucking idea what's gonna happen here. I said the Philadelphia 76ers. Holy um, shit! Holy shit! <laughs> well, I mean, cause here's my thing. I'm I'm and I'm also doing this in my brain without James Harden. There's no James Harden on this team okay. in my brain. Okay, okay, um, that's fair. <laughs> I still think that. Joel Embiid is a competent enough player and has gotten healthy enough in the past few years to be successful on his own. To carry this team? (laughs) Well, okay, chill out because carry them to a seven seed. All right, let's take it down a notch. We're not, we're not fucking. Not my book. (laughs) Well, there you go. Um, You know, and again, throw James Harden in the mix if he, I mean, we can talk about that, about the fixtures coming out of him at training camp. Uh, yep. which are funny as fuck. Um, but I just think that, you know, I think that they have the, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, like the, just the, the confidence and the, maybe it comes from being so successful the past couple of years. And I think that they have the 
experience and ability to get back at least into the playoffs. Clearly, we disagree on that, but I think I, I feel pretty good about them making the playoffs. I don't know if they'll be a seven seed. Maybe they'll, they'll maybe slot them in at the eight and throw somebody else in there, but uh, that's where I'm at. All right, give me your. Uh, My number seven. I'm still shaking my head. My number seven <laughs> uh, is the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I they they are very dependent on their quote unquote star being healthy, um, and we say that with an asterisk next to it. Um, ben Simmons. What does he do? Can he figure it out? Can he play for the team and get more than 40 games in and, you know, help this team? I I don't know. I don't I don't think so. Um, but, you know, if Ben Simmons even is a fraction of what he used to be or the, the crazy baller he used to be, um, I think that, you know, him, Miles Bridges uh, and the rest of their team, not Miles Bridges, McCall Bridges. Sorry, Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges is on the Hornets, and he is a piece of shit. Sorry, McCall. I won't do that to you. Um, McCall Bridges. Um, I think they're, you know, two really good players, and if they can, you know, figure something out, they are a little bit better than the rest of the bottom feeders in the East. But I don't have too many nice things to say about about the Nets. I'm just gonna leave them at number seven. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. I mean, I was gonna say like the again can't say it enough. Tough looks in the East past the top three or four. Uh, so my number six, I said the Hawks. Um, okay. I feel pretty good about their abilities. Honestly, I almost put them at five. My five is a. My five's a take, uh, but I. Uh, oh God. <laughs> I maybe it's not. I, I don't know. It, in my brain, it's a take. It, I don't think it is. But uh, I think the Hawks have the ability. I I don't see. I'm the opposite. I do not think that they want to see a playing game again. Um, after last season. So I mean, I don't think that they want to see a playing. No, game. I know, I but just, I, think I think it's who they are. <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah. It's sort of in their in their nature here. Uh. But yeah, that's where I'm going. I am interested to see. I could easily see them going up a couple spots, honestly, if they can lock in. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think that a lot of the teams that you and I are naming, except for Washington, uh, can slide into any of these spots uh, hey, besides hey. like the top three, maybe four. Um, yeah. but my number six is the Cleveland Cavaliers, the land okay. pirates. Um, <laughs> um, I think that, you know, they have a solid roster and any team with Donovan Mitchell is, uh, primed to compete. Um, I think that, you know, they are good enough to beat the play in, uh, and get into the playoffs and, you know, I think that they're coming out of the LeBron era hangover and finally putting everything together. Um, and I think that, you know, 
they are going to be one of those teams that could upset a high seed, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were a first round bounce. So uh, I have Cleveland at number six. That's where they live. <laughs> well, I, I, I have Cleveland at number five. So that was, okay. my, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm putting it on uh, Donovan Mitchell is, is something special. Oh so yeah. I'm, no, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm choosing to, uh, I don't know. Again, God, all of these, I look at these and I'm like, even a year ago, I would never have said any of these things. Mm-hmm. But here we are. And uh, I, I, I don't know. They could also, I could see them moving up too. Yeah. I mean, I could see them moving up. I could see them moving down. Um, my numero five, Cinco, uh, Miami Heat. I think that the Miami Heat could be a seed anywhere from two to eight. Uh, we saw them as the eight seed last year, but their roster is better than being an eight seed. Yep. Um, but they are getting older. Uh, they do have a little bit of quote unquote turmoil. It might honestly turn into nothing. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. There's a chance that Tyler and Jimmy, you know, butt heads. Um, but I, don't know. I wanted I... to put them. I wanted to put them somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, now we're going. We're going. What's the? Exp- I was going to say tit for tit, but I don't think that's the expression. Tit, nope. <laughs> it's tit for tat. <laughs> but even that, that's not even what I'm going for. Because I was going to say like we're going back and forth here. Because I have the heat at four. Um, oh, okay. So, you know. I agree. I think that, I mean, last year, was, I, last year didn't happen. I'm pretending it didn't. Yeah. Last year was, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, what a weird, you know, and I, I've said it a hundred times, even about that other team from the South Florida in the NHL um, mm. teams that really, I mean, when they went into the playoffs was my biggest thing is that you're like, okay, I kind of get it where they're at, but then suddenly playoff time came and you're sitting here like, this isn't an eight seed. What is this? No, like, exact, yeah, exactly. What happened? <laughs> and so I think living off that high and just getting their shit together, I do think that they are in a, in a good position to be, you know, actually show their prowess from day one. Uh, right. And and solidify a more under like a more reasonable spot in the playoffs in my brain. Yeah, so. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number four, and I I am staring at it because I wrote it down at the beginning of the episode, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, what are we what are we looking at here? I, we might uh, have the same. This might be the same as my three. The New York Knicks. That's my three. That's my three. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. I don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I'm high on them. I just think that something's going on at Madison Square Garden where they have a pretty fucking solid team. They're finally on the up and up. They used to be competitive in the East, and they're hungry to be there again. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I like their roster. I think Jalen Brunson's crazy good. Um, RJ Barrett is hit and miss. I think the biggest thing for the Knicks would be to move on from Julius Randle. Um, I think that even though he is a stat stuffer, he is not good for the team. They won a lot more games without him. Um, but that, but that being said, they won a lot of games without Julius Randle. So if they trade Julius Randle and get like a great package for him, that only makes them better. Um, so I have them smack dab in the middle, rank number four. Uh, why are they your three? I mean, good question. Now that I'm sitting here looking at it, I'm like, there's no way <laughs> a couple of years ago that we're fucking having this conversation. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not as big of a uh, Julius Randall hater as you are. Um, I hate his ass. <laughs> he's, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, <laughs> but, you know, I think the, the players that you have in, RJ Barrett, um, number one. I think it's just still, and I'm not. Do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? Go Duke. Fuck Duke. Fuck him. <laughs> um, but I think that I because it, it's weird. Like if you look at the Knicks roster up and down, this is the weirdest part to me. If you look at the Knicks roster up and down, you're like, okay, like. You know, yeah, exactly. Standouts, <laughs> like, you know, you're like, this this checks out. Um, but man, oh man, do I think that they have they they match up for me against every like they're versatile. They match yes. up against other teams in a way that other teams can't. Like I just think that and again, this is in the East that is not very good, but I I think that their ability to I mean you see like you can see them, you know, playing, you know, playing different ways that 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 play to the abilities of other teams and I just don't I I think that they're okay, so I'm going the opposite way on this. I know I mentioned it earlier with the Celtics, the Knicks I see as a very good regular season team. I okay. don't know that I see them doing that great in the playoffs. Okay. I get, yeah. So that that's my little flip flop is that I think that they match up well, they can adapt well, but when it comes to a seven game series, I don't know if they have the stamina to do it. I could be wrong. I'm surprised I even have them at number three. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we're at. Well, then I assume, I mean, I, I'm I'm excited to hear your three. Yeah, I mean, my number three, for some reason, was your number seven, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, they are the Philadelphia fucking 76ers. They have Joel Embiid. They have Tobias Harris. They have James Harden. They have Harden, James question Harden. Mark, <laughs> question mark. <laughs> um. No, they're they're always going to be competitive. Uh, they're always going to be up there. They're always when you have an MVP caliber player, I think you have to be in the top four of your conference. If you MVP if caliber, you aren't, he is the MVP. Not in my book, but whatever. <laughs> um, 
it should have been Jokic three times in a row, but I whatever. Know, I agree. Um, Joel Embiid has the wherewithal and has gotten past this injury bug and has really just kind of backpacked these motherfuckers to success every year. Um, yeah. Does it, does it always work out? Clearly no. Um, but I trust the process enough to get them a three seed. <laughs> yeah, I think we I mean, have the same one and two though. Oh, I, I would imagine <laughs> kind of weird if we didn't, uh, but do we have the same order? Uh, we best. <laughs> I think we, I think, um, yeah, my number two is the bucks. Is that your number two? Yep. Yeah. That's All my right. number yeah. <laughs> no, I can sit here until I'm blue in the face and have said, um, now I'm just tandeming this one and two. Because I don't think the Celtics are making the playoff. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, <laughs> I'm, 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 kidding. I'm gonna tandem this this one and two here. That um, I can say it till I'm blue in the face that we don't need the one seed. We Correct. don't. I agree. In fact, there's a little piece of me that does not want the one seed because I'm also like, agree. <laughs> you know. But the East is weak, and the Celtics just keep getting better. Um, Correct. And so that's what leads me. I still think the Bucks are going to be, you know, I obviously have more faith in the uh, in the Dame edition than uh, Marty does. But I think that, you know, like I said, I think the Celtics match up just really well with teams in the playoffs. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm choosing not to be super worried if they get the one seed. But I think... <laughs> interesting it's 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 a funny it's been a funny few years with the celtics and the bucks going tit for tat uh in the east yes. <laughs> um, that's a correct usage uh correct. but what so what what gives you what makes you give the celtics the edge uh so one i'm a fucking homer no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah, real, i know i'm like i'm like i'm just completely biased yeah um no i really think that it is the fact that uh, a lot of people were worried about it. They were like, oh, Marcus Smart is gone. The Celtics lost their heart and soul. Oh, they lost their leader. No, I think that they have created an opportunity for Jalen and Jason to step up into that role. I think that you have to lose your leader for a new leader to step up, obviously. Um, and I think that putting that on the shoulders of one of these young men or both of these young men um, is going to be what propels them. I think that they are young. They are hungry. They've been there so many times. They have competed for the Eastern conference championship so many times. Um, and not to say that the bucks haven't, um, but when you look at those two teams and I think that uh, they are, Leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of the East, both the Bucks and the Celtics. They are constructed like a Western Conference team. They are very superstar heavy with smaller depth on the back end. But the superstar heaviness is rock star level. Like it is all star laden up and down both those rosters. Um, but when push comes to shove, I completely agree with you. I think that the Celtics in a seven game series are 
better than the Bucks constructed. Um, and I think the way that Brad has made this team this year was not for the regular season. So they could be a, a, a five, a six, yeah. a, a four. I don't think they go to a play-in team, but no. like wh- wherever they are, I have them at number one, but wherever they are, when they get to the playoffs, they are going to run through people. They are going yeah. to battle and match up and make all the right moves. And I think that constructing a team like that with the talent that you have, like I, I'm comfortable with saying they could be the we don't need it, but they they easily could be the one seed in the East. Yeah, and and I think you bring up a good point too when you're like I think with the loss of Marcus Smart, we forget in the you know, shuffle of everything that like he was here for nine years. That's yep. huge. But for you know what? Five, six of those years, he was a mentor and a leader yep. to the young guys that are still here. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and also like let's not forget that we still have like great lead Al Horford. Right. Uh, and I mean Derek White is young, but also a, a team player. And so I think that we have to I'm choosing to put my my faith in what Marcus Smart built while he was here, choosing to look at it as a legacy that like there is still a piece of him here that is yep. in all of these players and is going to be what helps them in this really and again, I still think the Celtics are gonna get the one seed again, Homer, but also the East sucks. But I do, still think there's, <laughs> I do still think there's going to be an adjustment period. I think there's going to be a weird period where not only are we now, we've lost Marcus Smart, who was the heart and soul of the team. We've added these two all-stars. I mean, like, seemingly out yep. of nowhere. Um, so I think that there will still be an adjustment period. But I have so much faith in the leadership and the – I trust – I trust Brad Stevens. I do. And what he has built. And I trust Joe. Brad, we trust. Yep. And I really do. Um, so I'm excited. I don't, again, I want to make this very clear. I don't need the one seed. But it'd be cool we don't if need we it. got it. But it'd it would cool. be fucking sick. Yep. It would you know, be fucking I'd be, cool. I'd be fine. I'm not going to complain. You know, I won't complain. I'm not going to complain about being the <laughs> best team whatever. in the East. You know, whatever be, you guys that'd want. be cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, whatever they want to do <laughs> but i'm interested i would love to see uh we'll have to do a, a reconvening when playoff time comes and see how many out yes. of each of our eight we got correct yeah no for sure i'm keeping this i wrote it on a sticky note i'm just gonna keep it it's, with it's me on the back of my my, my name placard for law school <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, that's how we see the uh, conferences shaking up. I am interested to see where it goes uh, throughout the season. Um, but I'm, I'm relatively confident. Uh, you know, there's there's always movers and shakers and injuries and everything like that. Weird but things. I'm relatively confident. Uh, you know, you maybe Grace is right and some shit-ass team like the Wizards is going to slip into the playoffs. I don't know. <laughs> I had to throw it in there. <laughs> Maybe some, how funny, some... how, 
how funny will it be if they actually do make the playoffs? My though? I jaw will be that. on the fucking floor, Grace. So I will funny. be stunned. <laughs> um, but that. Thank you, Philly. Uh, I'm glad that we felt brave enough to, you know, put some numbers next to those teams, uh, not just name them. Uh, we are coming up on the tail end of the episode uh it's it's crazy things are heating up and i don't say that in a miami way but we are so close to basketball marty (laughs) i was saying i said this to lauren when we recorded on friday yesterday our all goals no misses i said lauren next time we record we will have regular season games to talk about in the nhl we are one more episode and then we will have regular season games to talk about it is crazy we have made it we have somehow we have trudged our our way dragged ourselves i didn't think we would get here but we are here (laughs) we are about to have actual basketball game no more speculating no more guessing what's gonna happen we will be there and it's happening yes ma'am and for our listeners when this episode drops tomorrow on sunday uh later in that evening we have our first preseason game so we'll finally get to see yes, we do this team go on the hardwood and play some basketball and i am excited even if the starters only get like a little bit of time i am excited to see what the team looks like to watch what the chemistry an looks game like with yep. our players the people we have been waiting for i'm so excited i'm we, we get to see kp in the jersey we get to see drew in the jersey we get to see jt and jb after their their summer workouts like my god we have made it (laughs) it's a beautiful thing it is such a beautiful beautiful thing (laughs) and 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 just the biggest shout out and love to everybody who has stuck with us we started this and i said it about all girls no we started this at a weird time when yeah. there was no <laughs> basketball and yet somehow people have stuck with us and still continue to listen and it's so wonderful and i'm so glad for the community that we have created and now now we can all celebrate actual basketball together <laughs> yes together yeah no i mean i agree shout out to everyone who and i can't next episode we are putting it to bed Next episode, we get to say the dog days are over. And dog days are is... over. <laughs> we get to go full Florence in the machine and say the dog days oh are over. God. Yeah, we um, should just be. If there if it wasn't copyrighted, we could just play that shit all fucking episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll get well, I was gonna say DM and be like, <laughs> you want to hop on real quick? Uh, I yeah. was gonna, she can do a live live performance. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, and guys. I'm going to be honest, if hockey is starting, basketball is starting, I think that this is the voice that we're going to have for the rest of our lives. I think this is grace now. I'm a, I'm now a husky sounding woman. <laughs> I don't even remember what I sounded like before. Full raspy grace for the rest of the season. She's going to be Here screaming at her TV. She's going to be screaming at all the players. I'm about to go scream at a UNC football game, so... Hell yeah, there's no chance. Your voice is gone. <laughs> oh, I can't even make it. I was like trying to yell to somebody yesterday, like, 
they were like walking ahead of me in the street and I was like, hey, hey, could not make a noise at all. They're like, why are you whispering at me? <laughs> They're like, what the fuck is that? Like, is that a bird? Like, what is that? <laughs> There's a hurt animal. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Someone help that animal. <laughs> no, it's just me. Um, it's just Grace. Uh, before we head out, I do have to give a shout out, as always, to Mama Bear, to the beautiful company that we work with and work uh, for and are proud partners with. Primetime Productions uh, has been cooking lately. Uh, it looks like there's a couple new podcasts that have been added to the roster. Uh, there have been yeah. a whole bunch of articles coming out. This guy named the Meat Man wrote an article about Trader Brad. Who is that? Um, <laughs> I, I uh, don't worry. It was proofread by Grace, so my grammar and English should be good. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, everybody, don't worry. I did all the I did all the hard work, of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can find the articles and the other podcasts on primetimeproductions.net. Uh, it is primetime productions underscore on Instagram. It is at primetime prods on Twitter. Uh, again, nothing without them. We love the team. Happy for the, the platform. When we come back next week, we will have preseason basketball to talk about. And then a week after that, we will have regular season ba basketball to be ecstatic about and absolutely we made it congratulations yeah. to grace congratulations to the meat man congratulations to the listeners we congratulations. have congratulations basketball congratulations yeah congratulations. <laughs> it wouldn't be a closing statement if i don't butcher the english language grace. Say, there were no there were no english lectures in this one you know i know i i was doing so well <laughs> um Dude, I got so many comments on how badly the English language bodied me in the end of last week's episode. <laughs> Philly's, Philly's uh, little reaction image of like me and Grace watching uh, the English language like destroy me. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't say the word pessimist. I couldn't say the word optimist. Um, <laughs> it, it was bad, but we made through. Oh, we made it through this one pretty well. <laughs> um and and the hype is there the hype is real basketball oh, yeah. is upon us um thank you to the listeners thank you for you know tuning in and checking it out every week uh we love you and i just have to say one last time before the season starts go celtics or go fuck yourself peace peace